your turn to... Oh, is it for me? Consider yourself fired. Why are you winking at me? Consider yourself fired. Hello, and welcome to the JT and Drew Show. I'm JT. And I'm Drew. And we're two nobodies talking about nothing. Nothing. Consider yourself fired. Welcome back to the episode. We appreciate you coming back to the show. How's uh, everything going? Oh, you know, uh, things are going pretty well. No complaints uh, on this end of the fence. Well, that's good. Yeah, wouldn't uh, listen to him anyways if you had him. Is is that politically correct? Politically correct? Can I say fence? You can. You can say fence. Yeah, I, I cannot. Oh, okay. I, I couldn't remember. Yeah. Oh, it's I, hard to keep up. No, I think you can say fence, but you can't say wall. Oh, wall is the buzzword. Yeah, wall is the buzzword. Yikes. Yeah. So, hey, uh, got a, uh, another couple topics for you, bud. Uh, okay. Pretty interesting on these. Uh, first one, I kind of want to talk about vacation spots. You know, where you've been. Oh, yeah. Where like you'd vacation. like to go. Oh, yeah. I know. Who doesn't? Yeah, sure. Sure. And what else you got? Yeah. The next one's kind of a touchy subject, but uh, one I'd really like to get your opinion on, mainly because you have uh, kind of like a personal experience. But um, what color me intrigued? <laughs> um, kind of how we pulled out of Afghanistan. Kind of like to get your thoughts. On, you know, how how does that make our country look? Kind of would like to discuss what the mainstream media has been saying lately, and Uh then again, how how does it make you feel? What we did, the way we did it. Okay, yeah, yeah. These are uh, definitely some interesting topics for this episode, and uh, can't wait to jump in. Great, man! I picked them just for me. All right, (laughs) that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Let's get into this. All right, let's do it. All right, cool. Yeah, so um, let's talk about vacations. Uh, yeah, where we've been, where we would like to go, maybe some of the best places we've stayed at or that we would recommend. Yeah, you want to go ahead and uh, start us off? Yeah, I sure can. Um, I'm poor. Don't go on vacations. Go ahead. All right, <laughs> next topic. Um, <clears throat> no, we... um. I try to do vacations every now and again. I was trying to do it like once a year, but then Rona happened, and that definitely didn't go the way I wanted it to. Yeah, threw a kink in a, a lot of folks' plans. Oh, yeah. So the last one we went on was uh, 2019, was uh, Paladero. As far as like vacation, like we stayed there and mm-hmm. whatnot. I mean, we've taken day trips or, yeah, we've taken day trips before, just stayed in Texas, but um, yeah, Paladoro up around Amarillo. And for everyone not or l- everyone listening in doesn't know what that is, that's uh, Texas's Grand Canyon. I tell you what, B E A beautiful, really. Oh my gosh, I mean, I've been to the Grand Canyon too, mm-hmm. and it's nice, but I guess being old and appreciating things more this was really nice really nice not as big obviously it's a small park and but you drive down into the canyon just to see things and they have shows and whatnot everything was closed when we were there but real nice um can you do like self-guided stuff or oh yeah 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 they have um 
trails that you can walk on. Like if hiking's your thing, it, that's pretty much what it's going to be is you'll drive to a destination, kind of pull off in their little pull off part of the road. And then you're going to have to hike to wherever it is that you've got to see. At the front gate, they give you a map of everything. And I'm not sure, but when we went and the last time I called and checked, you had to make a reservation to go because they have to limit the park and the people that get in there. But, um, yeah, they hand you a map of everything that you can see. And then you start driving down into the park. And I guess it's like, I don't even think it's like a quarter of a mile in from the gate. They have like a little gift shop. And from that gift shop, they have like trails that you can walk down and they have old, uh, houses and like from from the days of uh the old west mm, like the pioneer days and whatnot yeah pioneer days i was gonna say uh manifest destiny but i think it was way after that uh but it looks like it was stuff before texas became its own country oh wow so i mean it's old it's real old but then you drive down a little further more and you get into the actual park, and God, it's, I mean, it's beautiful. Uh, we, funny story, because I'm full of them, um, we had went into the actual shop, uh, gift shop of the actual na- of the park, and had gotten lunch, and it was just um, my two kids and I, it was just us. We went out there and just having a fun time, just kind of looking at the stuff and eating lunch and whatnot. And we decided to take this trail, and I think it's called the Comanche Trail. And But we didn't know that it was, I think it was three miles. It was a three-mile hike. But then you had to jump on another two and a half miles to get back to another one mile to get back to where we had started. So a total of six miles, we were not prepared. Like I took a, I took a water bottle with me, but it had like a, it was a half a water bottle, oh, and the kids man. didn't take anything. Oh my gosh, and it was so hot because we went in June, I went for, Oof. yeah, my son's birthday, and so we were on this trail, and I think we had made it about two and a half miles, and we were on the side of this cliff, pretty pretty much what it was a trail. And I finally said, okay, screw this, guys. Because the kids were like, eh, it's hot. I don't want to be here. No. Yeah. I, my feet hurt. <laughs> so I was like, all right, screw it. I can see the campground from here, from where we're at. Doesn't look that far. Let's go ahead and just get off the trail and go that way. Let me tell you this, ladies and gentlemen. You never get off of the trail, ever. I don't care who you are. You never get off the trail. That's how, that's how disasters happen. You get off the trail. So in my inst- my my wisdom, infinite wisdom, we got off the trail and we started hiking. I think we were what seemed to be like, oh, I mean, this is probably going to take us like two minutes to get to the campground. I think we were out there for about an hour <laughs> trying oh, to find wow. our way through the cactus. And then I was sitting there going, dang, there's snakes out here. And, ah, and you know, I'm telling the kids, let me go first because if there's a snake and I get bit, at least you guys can... You know, live to see another day, right? So, 
we eventually we make it back and we had probably been gone for a total of about two and a half maybe three hours and we walked right back into that gift shop my daughter's got sticks and crap in her hair and it's all messed up and we're like panting and the lady goes oh hey hi you just go oh what happened we're like water oh god water (laughs) so yeah it wasn't until after we had gotten off the trail and re-looked at the map to know how far we were going to have to walk because we were just completely not prepared but um vacation spots yeah i mean i have i've vacationed oh goodness gracious um colorado uh florida obviously for um uh disney world did that twice and that but that was like back in the 90s so i couldn't tell you what it looks like now on personal experience um where else have i gone um my vacation in alaska utah grand canyon obviously um we drove to a lot of those destinations and by we i do not mean my parents my parents and and I, we did not go on vacations at all. If we wanted to go somewhere, we had to go with our grandparents. We said, uh, places we've been, um, where would you like to go? It was, I think that was the other question. Where would you like to go? I would love to go to, um, Yellowstone, not Yellowstone. Yeah. Yellowstone, like the biggest volcano in the world. Super volcano. I would love to go to Yellowstone. Um, and I would love to go to, uh, Niagara Falls. Yeah, I'd like to see Niagara Falls. Yeah, I just, I just, I've got no business being in New York, so I'd probably go to the state, but not the city. I hear the state's pretty. But yeah, man, what about you? What places you've been? Let's see, places I've been. Most recently, we went to Oklahoma, out to uh, Broken Bow, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, where the wind <coughs> blows, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, the windy city. What did you? Not. Where'd you? No. Yeah, it's not. That's Chicago. <laughs> That's a not um, joke. Yeah, that is a not joke. Um, where did you go? We went out to Broken Bow. Broken Bow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard of that. Yeah. How was that? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We found a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like an Airbnb. It was pretty acceptable uh, in my book. Little cabin in the woods. Uh, this like whole neighborhood must have been Airbnbs. That people, you know, they buy, they fix up, and then they just rent them out seasonally. And uh, it's neat. It's a neat little community out there. Uh, there's a lake. Seem to be real friendly. Yeah, yeah, they were real friendly. But we really enjoyed it out there. Lots of hiking opportunities, lots of fishing opportunities, a chance to kind of get away from it all and just enjoy some peace and quiet. And Cool, man. Yeah, so we, we enjoyed that. We've been to, uh, did a little bit while I was in Hawaii, you know, take a weekend off or something or just go travel to this part of the island that we haven't been to or whatever. And we had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, we did go snorkeling a few times or I went a few times. Uh, Ooh, you are a braver man than I. Yeah. Yeah. The missus was not a fan. She went once for a short while. Uh Uh-huh. And kept thinking that uh, we were just going to get eaten by sharks. Yeah, that'd be me too. I think that's just a white person thing. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the last time that's I was bad. out there, I went with a, a buddy of mine. We did this. I don't know what to call it. They take you out on a boat. You're out 
I don't know, several miles, it felt like anyway. And they put you on a, another boat, kind of a pontoon-style boat. So there's a group of you, maybe 10, 12 of you. And they put this, uh, like, bubble dome over your head. And okay. it's being fed with oxygen. And so you wear it kind of like a helmet. And then you all get in the water one by one. And we must have gone down, I don't know, felt like 25, 30 feet. Oh, God. And, uh, you know, you have this bubble on your head and you're just getting oxygen. So you're not wearing goggles and you're not snorkeling or anything like that. Could you talk and hear each other? You couldn't really hear each other. Um, but, I mean, you could talk. You would just hear all this echoing from the, the bubble that you're wearing. So they would oh. do a lot of, like, hand signals and whatnot and... Gave us, I don't know what it was, something in our, our hands looked like bread to uh, feed the fish. Uh, but you would like hold it and then out of nowhere you'd see a little fish pop up and then like hit and run, just eat it and dash. But it was really cool, you know, you're down on the ocean floor, like I said, I don't know, somewhere between like 20 and 30 feet. It was really neat. <clears throat> Couldn't pay me enough. You could <laughs> not pay me enough. Yeah. Nope. It was a good experience. Uh, I wanted to do some scuba diving, but I never did. I spent a lot of my time, unfortunately, doing homework and taking classes and stuff. But Hawaii was a fun place. Yeah. Broken Bow, Oklahoma was fun. We would love to uh, take our next trip out to um, Telluride, Colorado. Okay. I I believe it's Colorado. But I guess she found a small place out there that she'd like to stay at and... Uh, you know, it looks real pretty. I've been out in Colorado and New Mexico in the winter and in the summertime. And I mean, either, either time it's both beautiful place and. Oh yeah. Colorado is real pretty. Nature, nature opportunities. Like you were saying earlier, hiking and get to see wildlife that you don't normally see where we're at. And yeah. Um, yeah. It's just I don't really know. Good, I think Alaska was enough wildlife <laughs> for me. I'm good. Yeah. The wolves and you know, the whole time I was in Alaska, I never saw a bear. Really? Never, yeah, never saw a bear. I was out there for three years. I'll just say three years because I can't do math right now. Do you see any in uh, Florida? Never went to Florida. Oh, 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 oh. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thinking military. Uh, when I went to Orlando, no. Because oh, we were, okay. yeah, we were we were on the park resort. You know, there was. Gotcha. You, yeah, you got on like one of those 1970 trolleys and they took you to the gate. Yeah. Um, but no, never saw one down in Florida, at least not that I remember. But of course, I mean, I went there and I went to Orlando back in 92, uh-huh. no, 94 first time. And then we went back in 96. I think I was there cause we went to Universal Studios Uh huh. and did a little bit of the Disney stuff. Yeah, we went to Universal Studios both times. I th- we spent like a week out there both times. No, I think we did like two or three days. Somewhere between 97 and 99. Somewhere in that window. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <coughs> but yeah, I had a lot of fun. Orlando was really cool. Went. I remember we went and ate at one of the uh, Hard Rock Cafes. And that okay. was a lot of fun for me. You know, I was yeah, like, wow, guitars everywhere. and Oh, yeah. Neat experience. <laughs> yeah, we had... Uh, we had dinner one night in those um, 1950 cars. I had played the played the um, uh, driving movies. Oh, cool! And that was pretty cool to to see that 
Yeah. Of course. I'm sitting there going, oh, God, these cars are so old and, uh, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I'm a kid, you know. Not, not appreciating it as much. No, not at all. And and I remember my dad going, wow, really? This is old? Uh, this wasn't around when I was a kid. <laughs> and now. Now you're saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I was just saying that maybe an hour or two ago to one of my kids, you know. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so old. No, it's not. It was around when I was a kid. That's so old. Your mom's old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you said you would, you and the missus uh, possibly go up to Colorado, find a new place. Where else would you like to go? Yeah, uh, Colorado, New Mexico. Um, <clears throat> there's a few places uh, I've been to. We've both been to Red River, but separately. We've never gone together. Um, but I enjoyed it out there. It's real pretty as well. We both would like to go to uh, Europe, but I think different, kind of different places. Like I definitely want to go and see the um, prison camps from World War Two and more of oh, the yeah. historical sites yeah. and and whatnot. I I not necessarily just like, oh, I want to go to Paris because it's Paris, or I want to go to london because i just want to you know it's not really my cup of tea <laughs> see what i did there <coughs> yeah i see what you, that was great but uh, uh but yeah, yeah. So i think europe would be fun i would really like to go more asia but uh that's not so much her thing like what part of asia well i'd like to check chep i'd like to check out uh japan I've already well, done part. I've already done Korea. Okay. Well, do you uh, want to do mainland Japan or Yeah, I think I'd want to do mainland Japan. Um I don't know, no no part in particular like that I've researched or anything like, oh yeah, let me you know, plan my assault and go here here and here. You're um, one of those anime guys, aren't you? No, no. I, yeah. I you, actually, you watched Dragon Ball Z growing up. I was just about to say, I actually never really got into Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> uh, talk to me about Pokemon, but... Um, <clears throat> hey yo, <hey-o. laughs> Nah, man. Nah, it's all about that Pog. You're about that Yu-Gi-Oh life, aren't you? Uh, no, I was or definitely a Pog magic or Yeah, I was Pogs. I had Pogs. Yeah, a lot of people aren't going to know what that is. <laughs> yeah, Pogs, and you had your... Uh, what were they? Your Slappers or your... Uh, yeah, your Slammers. Slammers, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, you had your pogs and your slammers, and then you had your tubes that you kept everything in. Yep, it was like a skinny Pringles tube. Heck yeah, man. Golly, people are going to research this now. It's going to be great. Yeah, what is a pog? And then when they find out, they're going to, oh, these guys are retarded. Yeah, the cardboard cut Well, even more so than we thought they were. (laughs) (coughs) Hey, man, we're too. Yeah, go ahead. We're we're two nobodies talking about nothing, okay? That's what I'm talking about. Reminiscing. That's what I'm talking about. So, uh, back on track, Japan, uh, mainland, yeah. is kind of where you want to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the uh, a lot of things about the Asian culture. I love the food. Cocos. That, oh, I love Cocos. <laughs> Had it in California. Oh, um, it's not as good, man. It's oh, not, oh, my God, Cocos. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I loved it when I was in Hawaii, that aspect of it, you know, getting all the Asian food and... Um, getting into to enjoy all of that. Uh, I'm not as big a fan of the European stuff. You know, I'm not a 
a schnitzel or sauerkraut kind of guy. But, uh, you know, it's a good deal for somebody. Just, uh, just not me. So I'm assuming you've never actually been into Germany, just through, flew through it? Yeah, just uh, layovers there in Frankfurt <laughs> and uh, yeah, over at Ramstein and, let's see, yeah. Ramstein, Frankfurt. There was one yeah. other spot that we had a layover, but yeah, not not like going out into the country and seeing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, so I tried the um, brats and sauerkraut. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of it here in America. I definitely was not a fan of it there either. Yeah. But it did taste better. It it tastes better there than it did here. Still not a fan of it. But of course, you know, you go somewhere and you at least got to try something once. But um, yeah, man. Uh, Europe's not really your thing. Uh, we're no longer friends, so. I had uh, Coco's, you know, they ask you what level of uh, spice you want. Oh, yeah. And I think it was 1 through 10 or, I don't know, some, some uh, scale like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And I went ahead and got the hottest. Oh, so, okay. Cause you're you know, man. they offer you something hot. Be a man. <laughs> Not this guy. I know my limits. And uh, let's just say um, my rear end. Uh, uh, Did you even taste the food? Dude, I was sweating, but I couldn't stop eating it. And then it was a challenge that I made to myself. Like, well, I ordered it. I got to yeah. eat it. It's so good Yeah, I can't feel my tongue anymore. Your uh, your mom popped in your head, didn't she, where she was like, you're not supposed to waste this. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll just tell you, my butt very much <laughs> resembled the Japanese flag afterward. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, when I went there... You know, they they were like, oh, you you want hot? And I said, no. No, I don't. I don't want hot at all. I was like, give, honey, give me the one with so no hot. Honey, why are you so offended? Like, <laughs> like the no hot. Like, I want to enjoy this food. I don't want to sc- I don't want to start screaming Indian music at the end of the night, you know? I still got to go sleep in a tent. Well, <clears throat> so... Well, I had that experience. When I was in Hawaii, I went to this uh, ramen restaurant. And, you know, they, some of the Asian restaurants, they put those little uh, those little jars. You know, they have like hot mustard or red chili sauce or Oh, yeah. Have, or they the, have like uh, the tiny little spoons. Yeah, with this pistachio ice cream. Similar, yeah. Except I think that's Thai. <clears throat> but anyway, so I get this ramen soup. It's got chicken and stuff in it, and yeah, it's it's pretty good. Is that what but they call I pho? See, no, no, pho is pho. Ramen's ramen. Yeah, I don't know. And I see the red chili sauce, and I see the little spoon. And I must have put, I don't know, two or three little spoonfuls. Give it a taste. Yeah, okay, it's pretty good. It's a little spicy. Add another two or three spoonfuls. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's still kind of spicy. I don't know how many spoonfuls I ended up putting in it of those little teeny tiny ones mm-hmm. um i guess it gets hotter with time mm-hmm. and uh yeah, yeah i didn't finish that soup i didn't yeah. finish that one but it was <laughs> it was delicious man but i'm sitting there this is when i'm going through my taps class oh. so i'm on a lunch break and i'm sitting there and i'm eating and i'm sweating i can't control it my face is red i can't feel my tongue anymore uh-huh and then i gotta spend the rest of the day and briefings and working on my resume and yada 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 I, it, 
It was not a good day for my stomach. Oh, no. But it was so delicious. Mm. Did you ever go to that Middle Eastern restaurant out here? Um, back in the one that was over by... Um, oh, um, it was over there by Hastings? Yeah. No. Well, this so this little restaurant, uh, the guy was from Iraq, and he oh. was an interpreter for the U.S. and then ended up getting a ticket to come to the U.S. Uh, I well, don't know good if it was for him. Amnesty or what, but yeah, I don't know. He came and opened up a restaurant. Okay. And um, it was delicious. And he had this. You could get lentil soup, or you could try this. Uh, I don't know what soup, but it was spicy. So I mm-hmm. thought, well, I'll try it. Go ahead and get a little bowlful. Dude, that was spicy. Oh, I bet. Oh, I bet. I couldn't even tell you what flavor it was because it was just spicy. (laughs) (coughs) Hey, what flavor is it? Uh Uh-huh, it's hot. Yeah, but (laughs) what's, like, how does it, is it got, like, a cinnamon flavor? Uh Uh-huh, yeah, it's hot. But I I love that. Like, I love Asian food. I love the Middle Eastern. Uh, Greek food is good, too, like... You know, I still have yet to have the Greek food here. Really? Yeah, I still haven't been. I think you and I were going to do it one day, but they wound up being closed or something. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we'll have to put it back on the schedule. It's it's pretty good. It's not far from work. Yeah, I'll, I'll just have your people get a hold of my people. Yeah, I'll have uh, I'll have my secretary put that on the calendar, and then appreciate uh, it. Uh, yeah. we'll we'll have them reach out to you. Appreciate that. <laughs> I got a um, kind of a hot topic that i okay. um, kind of seen in the news for a long time and just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it and whatnot, um, but <coughs> pulling out of Afghanistan. Um, mm, yeah. yeah, yeah we've, I think we've all seen that. But um, I'd like to know, because if I'm not mistaken, you were there, right? Yeah, I I did a tour out in uh, Kandahar. Okay, so uh, it was about seven months or so. Okay, so you have a, like a personal experience there. Unfortunately, I I never did make it. I really wanted to, but I never did. Um, but I kind of want to go over like how how is this going to make our country look, or how does this make our country look in the eyes of the world our opinion your opinion my opinion and then i kind of want to go over what the media says and then lastly because i know it is personal for you i just kind of want to get your opinion you know like how does this make you feel overall yeah yeah definitely let's talk let's talk about how how do you think this is going to make our country look uh i think right out the gate without any uh super digging, if you will, without any extensive research or anything, you know, just just seeing what you see on the TV or read in the papers. It it looks like a humanitarian crisis. It looks like we went in there, and again, this is just kind of the 30,000-foot view, right? Looks like we went in there, pulled all the military out, and then went, oh, hey, um, yeah, let's go ahead and and uh, clean this up while we're at it, too. Right. It doesn't look like there was a whole lot of <clears throat> thought that went into it. And I'm sure there there was some, right? Um, it doesn't look like it, but, yeah, I'm I, sure there I, was. I don't want to believe that decisions being made at that, <clears throat> at that level would be made hastily or without 
you know, extensive operation planning uh, and, and intelligence briefings and basically all these puzzle pieces coming together to make a sound decision. I don't necessarily think that, you know, that this would have happened perfectly in any means because, I mean, I don't think, you know, going into a mission that you always, hey, this is the perfect plan and it goes off without a hitch. But you also plan and you prepare for those hitches and those speed bumps and you have contingency plans and okay, hey, if this happens, this is how we're going to react or this is what we're going to do. Right. You know, as as far as anybody goes, not just military or anything, but you always have a plan A and a plan B and a plan C and you always try to come up with what's going to go wrong and you're constantly trying to figure out how things are going to play out, worst case scenario, right. best case scenario. And that's with any entity. That's not just the military. That's not just this. But it doesn't seem like there was a plan B. It just like, right, well, plan right. A, and, and, and we're just going to go ahead and go with this. And, oh, no, this happened. Well, I don't know. Stick to plan A. I don't know. And, and I know a lot of times that that information is not released to the public, at least not not in the moment, because there are security risks and there, you know, we don't always have a need to know in the moment. Uh, however, the way that it unfolded, again, the perception, my perception, is that it it was just unorganized chaos. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, my, looking back on history, uh, just for me, it just reminded me so much of the videos that you would see in Vietnam with getting out of Saigon. And the, the well, only, it's, only it's difference. It's funny you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny you mentioned that because someone had, uh, I forgot what the video or the article or whatever it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, somebody had made a mention or a reference to that and how in Vietnam, you know, they went into the embassy and they were evacuating people off of rooftops into helicopters. And Joe Biden, I think he kind of laughed it off or was like, oh, yeah, well, we're not, it's not the same because we're not doing that. And then there were pictures of rescue helicopters coming to rooftops and landing in airfields and all this. It was semantics, you know, it's, well, no, 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 we're not. We're not doing that because this building is made out of straw, not brick. I mean, it, it, you're doing the same thing. You're just p- coloring it different. Right. Well, it's a different time, different location, different all this stuff. I yeah. I think that, you know, going through the videos of what Saigon went through and the Marines and the Army and everybody that was there trying to get those people out, their interpreters and everybody that was in there, it's kind of really sad because you know a couple months ago you saw the videos of the people trying to escape on the first c-17 that was coming out and everybody falling off you know it's how is that not the same as people falling out of helicopters or getting on a cargo plane in vietnam at the airport and they're like sorry we can't and they're falling off the plane there. It's the exact same thing. I think it's the 21st century Saigon. My personal mm. opinion. That's just me. Right. But when I saw those videos as they were happening, it was like, 
here we go, we're repeating history all over again. And then the administration comes out and says, well, this, this isn't like Saigon at all, and we're not doing any of that. And <laughs> this is not a laughing matter. This, these are people's lives. Oh yeah, you can't you can't sit there and and laugh. Oh, and the administrative just oh, irritates me. I mean, they they seem to kind of like how comedians used to make fun of Bush back in the day with his uh-huh. facial features. Like <laughs> we're we're gonna go in and we're we're going to get him. It's like President Bush, don't laugh at that. You know, it, their administration is. I don't know if they're purposely doing it, if they're just under a lot of stress, but they are laughing at serious situations. Right. That just really, it just makes, uh, what am I trying to say? It turns me the wrong way, you know? like it. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I understand that, like you said, it, it, they're very stressed. It's a tough job. I'm not trying to say that I could do a better job or that, oh, well, it's so easy, you know, but at the same time, you're elected into that position, whether it's president, vice president, whatever, in the White House, you are a public figure. I mean, you know, sorry about your luck, but you got to figure it out and you need to be able to relate to the people. You need to be able to speak to the people. You need to be able to, to have discipline and compose yourself and, you know, oh, well, sorry, that person just reacts that way under pressure. Oh, well, no, because they're holding a certain office that requires certain, uh, uh, what's the word? Not candor, but certain um, poise. Yeah, certain poise. That's a good way to put it. And the, the expectation is that they would maintain that. Uh, you know, they don't get a free pass like me or you working at McDonald's and getting frustrated with the person on the other side of the counter. Okay. Well, yeah, they make $11 an hour or whatever. And not that it's a free pass, but it's, it's not the same. It's expected when you're at that level. No, it is definitely expected at that particular level. I mean, you are in the eyes of the people and not just, not just the American public you're in eyes uh, all over the world the rest of the world is looking at the u.s on how we're going to react what we're going to do in situations like this and then they're going to make their decisions based off of what we do and, oh yeah i mean yeah. we are in layman's term the superpower we are the world police uh we're the headquarters of it so we need to act like it but it doesn't seem and I'm not trying to say that oh I'm a hundred percent Republican and I'm on the right and blah 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 you know there but it just doesn't seem like this administration has done anything that I would accept any administration Republican Democrat any of them as the correct way of doing things now everybody's gonna have their own opinion about how things get done right but the end goal is supposed to be minimum lives. Ultimately, you want nobody to get hurt. You want to get out as many people as you can if they're vetted, if they're cleared to come. But 
Well, another thing that gets me with that is Joe Biden, uh, again, I don't remember the exact speech or conference or whatever it was, press briefing, uh, but somebody, one of the press had asked him a question and made mention about the American people, you know, losing trust in him or not agreeing or what have you. And he made some kind of comment about, uh, you know, well, I've only been in office X amount of days. And I mean, at this point, let's just call it like 180 days or something. Uh, you know, give me a break. Okay, but how how long are you going to keep doing that? You are the president now. Mm-hmm. You're at least sitting in that office, fulfilling that role. Again, the expectation is that you will fulfill that role. You're not going to keep throwing out excuses or, oh, hey, I've only been in office two years. Give me a break. Hey, I've only been in office three years. You know, I said I would get it done in eight years. It, I understand things don't happen overnight necessarily. Rome wasn't built in a day. But again, you're the leader of the free world. Start acting and, like it, damn it. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I mean, if I can be so blunt, which I would be, I mean, I'm not going to say anything here on this platform that I wouldn't say to uh, anyone's face. So if the president was right in front of me, I would say the exact same thing. Start acting like it, damn it. You were not elected to push blame onto other party members or um, the intelligence or the military or whatever other entities of your of the office or right. of the American Wow, God, what am I trying to say? Just, you're not trying, you're not there to push blame. You're there to take command. You're there to act like a leader and run the damn country. Plain, simple. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Yep. Plain and simple. There's, there's no other, I don't know. So, that's that. So I, that's I think it's fair to say that we would both agree that this is not a good look for the United States of America right now. No. Yeah, we're back in, you know, the 60s currently. We're the 21st century of Vietnam. Long war, okay. got out quick, attempted to try to help, didn't work, everyone fell. So mm. here we go. So it's kind of interesting to to say all this stuff and, and we've quoted some things that we've seen or read or whatnot, but I kind of really want to get into what is the media saying? You know, like sure. we gave our opinions. We're just two nobodies, right? We gave our opinions. Yep. <clears throat> but what is, sure. what is the mass media saying to the American public? And why would the public have the, certain options or certain ideas that uh, would make them say, hey, Joe Biden's the best, or Joe Biden's not really doing anything that he Mm -hmm. should should or shouldn't be doing. So I kind of like to dig into some articles. Um, Yeah, let's do it. I got one here. And you know know a lot more about this than I do. I mean, you've, you've researched this. Oh, goodness. A lot more extensively than I have. So, um, kind of give your interpretation on the CNN post that was like 1 September. It's been a while. 
Yeah, so this post um, <clears throat> was, again, from CNN, 1 September. I uh, forgot the author's name, but it's on their website, so feel free to, to go check it out if you're interested. Do you remember uh, what the title of it was? I don't. I meant to save it, and I, I totally didn't. <clears throat> but I'm sure if you go to the CNN website or even just any search engine, Google or what have you, and type in uh, CNN 1 September 21, I'm, I'm sure it would show up with those articles. Yeah, I'm sure you kind of kind of want to title it like US, with, U.S. Withdrawal, something, 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 you know, Afghanistan. Right. <clears throat> if you're curious. So on here, it says, with the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan officially complete, the White House is set to begin the difficult process of reviewing the chaotic and deadly evacuation operation. And it goes on to say, after Kabul fell to the Taliban, forcing Biden officials to confront how they got things wrong in Afghanistan and ramping up the blame game inside the administration. I think... Okay. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I think uh, it's it's refreshing in a way... Uh, not refreshing to read this. This is bad news. Uh, I don't think anybody enjoys reading this stuff. But I think it's refreshing to see that the media sometimes, you know, this is CNN, are what seems to be uh, reporting a little bit more objectively, and they're not uh, just pouring it with, you know, a bunch of bias and trying to, hey, oh, hey, no, the president didn't do anything wrong. They're just reporting it. Um, so I, I do appreciate that from them on this particular article. Uh, it, that's rare it from CNN. Right, and that's why I'm saying that, you know, they, they could take the bias that they did, like, with President Trump and, you know, just put Biden on a pedestal if they they so chose. Right, you know, but, I mean, the, the next... I guess paragraph down or whatnot, you know, White House has publicly blamed um, many external factors of the chaos, including the president, the the former president, Donald Trump, February 2020, deal with the Taliban and the Afghan security forces themselves. I mean, so just that little blurb right there just says that he's, well, it's not me. I mean, I was the last guy that did something wrong. Right, he's he's taking the blame off of himself and, uh, like I said before, you know, ramping up the blame game within the administration. Right, right, right. Um, and it's interesting to see, you know, it's like they're in a pressure cooker and, you know, who who's going to pop first? And with him blaming the previous administration for a deal that they made, well, dude, this is your administration now. Let's deal with now and the future. You're the guy in the office now. You're making policies. You're making decisions. This is your show and it says it goes on to say that the white house state department officials have grumbled about why they are getting the bulk of the blame rather than the intelligence community which they say failed to predict just how quickly kabul would fall so here you have you know painting the picture you have joe biden blaming president trump you have the white house and state department blaming the intelligence community you know when they say poop rolls downhill i mean that that's exactly what's happening here Right. It wasn't me. It was you. No, it wasn't me. It was this person. No, it wasn't. It wasn't me. It was them over there. Yeah, but didn't didn't the intelligence come out like a few weeks later saying, uh, "We told you guys, oh um, yeah, it was gonna fall within weeks." And what is it? Some general was like, "Well, we didn't really know it would be eleven days," and they came back and yeah. were like, <coughs> "Weeks. Eleven days is more than one week." 
Oh, yeah. Yep. You're, you're spot on with that. Republican Mike Rogers of Alabama, the top Republican on the House and Armed Services Committee, told CNN that everything that's happening in Afghanistan right now lays solely at the feet of Joe Biden. Quote, he made the final decision. He's the reason why we left the way we left, end quote. Well, that's just Republicans and Democrats just bickering at this point. Yeah. In the article. But it, it goes on to prove that point that, hey, yeah, dude, you're the one in the hot seat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm not saying that it's not a big deal. Another another thing I found in the article that was kind of interesting to me, uh, and I'm sure it happens on both sides of the aisle. I'm not just calling out one side, but it says that amid the intensified scrutiny, the White House has in recent days been phoning Democratic lawmakers, including the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, uh, Senator Mark Warner of Virginia, and urging them to publicly defend the administration's response. So pretty much like, hey, can you get our back on this one? Yeah, hey, will you, will you, you know, to help defend us and say that we did the right thing? Yeah, I'm sure that happens on both sides, but dear God. Come on, man. I don't know, man. Uh, so, <laughs> so you get that, that reporting from CNN. You know, oh, that's... Yeah. That, um, I, re- I really kind of hate to say the name on this one, but... Hold, hold yeah. on, let me go back to what you were saying real quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, about the intelligence uh, agencies and the senior officers and whatnot, and them kind of going back and forth. So one senior intelligence official noted that a rapid Taliban takeover was consistently presented to policymakers as a real possibility. As recently as last month... Another source said the intelligence community assessed that the Taliban were pursuing a full military takeover of the country rather than a negotiated political settlement. Quote, we consistently identified the risk of a rapid collapse of the Afghan government. We also grew more pessimistic about the government's survival as the fighting season progressed. End quote. A senior intelligence officer or official recently told CNN. And then it goes on to. um, Well, let me stop you there. From yeah. a military aspect of it, right? If a giant of a military force pulls out of an area, are you going to wait and see if they're going to come back? Or are you going to, as the quote-unquote little guy, are you going to rush in as they're rushing out so that nobody has time to really think about what the heck's going on? Like, whoa. Oh, man, yeah, rushing in, and I'm going to plant my flag and call it mine. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of like, keepers. It's kind of like how the British did to uh, to the pretty much any land they came out. Hey, do you have a flag? What's a flag? <laughs> mine now. <laughs> right. So General Milley is the chairman, joint chiefs of staff. He's like the, the head military guy out of all the branches. Are we, is this General Milley, is this the guy that was like, I don't know what white rage is? Yep, he wants <sighs> to understand what white rage is as a white male. Um, <laughs> I wonder so if he's, he's ever thrown he's, anything across the room. <laughs> so he's on here and quoted us saying, there was nothing that I or anyone else saw that indicated a collapse of this army and this government in 11 days, end quote. Now, there was a, a former intelligence official that came back to that comment and said, argued that the assessment of the government falling within weeks, quote, puts anyone on notice that imminent collapse is likely. That's the opposite of an intelligence failure, end quote. So you can see them kind of, 
uh, uh, playing volleyball, right? It's uh, no, it's not my fault. It's your fault. Well, no, it's not my fault. It's yours. Here's why. And they, they're just going back and forth. Nobody is taking responsibility. No, 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 no. Why should they? It, it's all point the finger. I, I, I didn't do this. But, I, uh, I don't want these people's bloods on my hands. That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, nope. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, so that, that was the article from CNN. Uh, like I said, I was kind of surprised that they wrote it the way they did, um, uh, with more of an objective lens. Uh, but, uh, go ahead and read, uh, read through or give us your notes on the, the one that you were going to talk about. There's one from Fox that was posted out mm, a few days later, the 7th of September. Sorry, I had to find the date. <coughs> yep. <sighs> Uh, and, we, you know, we all know that Fox is going to be super far right. I guess not super far right. I guess they have a couple of writers in there that are try to stay in the middle. But um, sure, sure. Um, the, the one thing that really got me in this article, uh, I mean, because they talk about the whole U.S. drawdown and everything and whatnot. And CNN did a okay job rating on theirs. Um, but this is like towards the end of the article when they're talking about getting these folks back over here. The Afghanis said, um, White House said, or the White House also said Afghanistan, Afghans would be tested for COVID-19 upon arrival in the U.S. and offered vaccines. Um, what? That's, that's my, like, I know we're not, uh, yeah, I know we, this is an easy <sighs> rabbit trail to go down. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I get. Oh God. Let me let me let me back up out of this come hole. On, Hang on, on, let me out. let me back up out of this hole. Um, do you think with everything that's gone on with the Taliban in the U.S. and how the U.S. is negotiating with the Taliban on everything. Do you think that that ISIS-K and the Taliban are in cahoots? Uh, I think that on paper it says they are in cahoots. Uh, I have not done extensive research to show any kind of history that that puts them at odds with each other. Uh, What I did find interesting was as the Taliban was taking over or retaking over, reclaiming more and more of Afghanistan, that they released a whole bunch of these ISIS-K terrorists, apparently, that were being held uh, by either the Afghan government or whoever. And it it doesn't make sense to me. And again, haven't done a whole lot of research, so I could be misspeaking here or there, so I, I need to go back and look that up. But what doesn't make sense to me is why would you go in and release your enemies? I'm trying to wrap my mind around that. Yeah. If you are, if, if they're at such odds, right, and mm-hmm. you have one terrorist group against another terrorist group, this isn't like the United States and Britain or England or wherever. You know, these aren't two civilized countries that are, oh, hey, okay, well, here are your people back. You can take them and you deal with them the way that you deal with them. I mean, these are terrorist organizations. I don't think they have the same, you know, they're not on the same level playing field. Yeah. No, yeah, no, they're they're not. Um, you are correct and about even that. The uh, defense secretary said in that Fox article. Oh, do you have it up? Yep. 
there is, quote, no question that it will be more difficult to identify terror threats in the wake of withdrawing all U.S. military assets from Afghanistan, end quote. But he assured the he assured that officials are working to further develop capabilities to prevent the development of threats to the U.S. homeland. So that's a fancy way of saying, oh yeah, it's going to be a whole hell of a lot harder to find out who the bad guys are, but um, but we're going to find out who they are. Yeah, we'll just monitor everybody in America. Yeah. Everyone. Even the because loyal the citizens. The Taliban saying, well, you can't fly over here. You can't have drones over here. You can't. Okay, so how are we going to get intelligence? How are we going to do these things that we would normally do? Well, we we cannot do that now because they're telling us we cannot do that. Yeah. And we're listening to them because they're bad guys. And it's. do you remember when, um, oh, I forgot what video that was, when we were doing our LTC classes and uh, it was it was a parody video or a joke, <clears throat> but they were saying, but they were talking about how, oh, well, if someone breaks into your house, you know, more than likely, um, they're not there to hurt you, even if they have weapons. So just just oh, listen to them. No, Give that them was what they're asking for. That was the mayor of. Not, was it California? Or? No, 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 no. Irving in Dallas. Oh, shoot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was the mayor oh of God. Irving in Dallas that came out and said. Well, if the person that's robbing your house comes into your house, he's probably not going to hurt you. Just let him take your stuff because right, his listen to them. Yeah, his Do life it. means more than your materialistic items. Um, yeah, just okay, first of all, I have my own opinion about that, and I'm going to dive in just for a little bit. We don't have to talk a lot, and I know we're kind of scrolling off a bit, but um, I worked hard for everything that's in my house. Yeah. Uh, that stuff's not cheap, and a lot of that stuff I got years ago. I mean, years ago. You obviously, by entering in my house, my locked door, by entering into that, you, as the person that has come into my house, have made your choice that your life no longer is important. In my opinion, now this is just my opinion, and if I can't get to my firearms, which I can always get to my firearms, but if I can't get to my firearms, it's uh, you're going to hear really heavy footsteps, a lot of heavy breathing, and then you're going to hit a wall <laughs> because I'm fat and out of shape, and I have to breathe. <laughs> you know, exactly. Uh, I get, I, I... I'm a heavy breathing even when I'm popping off the toilet, you know? Golly. So all that to say... Um, <laughs> I got you not, some gold right there. We're just listening to the bad guys. We're listening to the terrorists yep. as, a, as a country, and they're making the rules, and we are playing by them instead of... I'm not listening to nobody, and I don't understand yep. why this government's mm -hmm. listening to these folks. We're not here to make you feel better. This is not what yeah. America is. I'm, I, America is not here to, uh, oh, did we hurt your feelings? Oh, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and just make it all better. When, 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 where did we go wrong? I mean, did we not beat our kids enough? Because I, I don't know about you, but I got my ass whooped just for looking at something. 
at the store. Right, but but it's 2021 now, bro. Like no, uh, no, 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 no. My background and my ass whoopings reflect the person that I am today. Right, but they don't want more of those people. They want the, they want more people that they can control. They want people who got put into timeout. Well, not even that. They just want people that you know got asked, "Hey, if if you don't do this, would it be okay if I restrict your electronics for ten minutes?" No, no, you you don't like that idea. Okay, well, just please don't do that if you wouldn't mind. Times is different, I guess. So the article goes on. <laughs> <laughs> the the Fox article, uh-huh. Fox News, goes on to say that uh, top Pentagon officials said that it is, quote, possible, end quote, that the U.S. will work with the Taliban against ISIS-K in Afghanistan while warning that the Taliban are a ruthless group from the past. Again, quoting General Mark Milley. Very interesting that you have the top military official in the whole United States of America a guy that has the president's ear. <laughs> the guy who doesn't know what white rage is. Right. Still and, cracks me up, man. And he's saying that, well, yeah, it's possible that we'll work with the Taliban in the future. Even though from my own personal experience, they're a ruthless group that can't be trusted. But, uh, you know, th- maybe they can change. Who knows? We don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know. Okay. So, uh, so we heard two sides of the media aspect, right? So how, and and I'm really intrigued on your perspective, but serving in Afghanistan, how does this make you feel that we we did everything the way we did? I mean, I know we're going to be like, oh, I'm upset and whatnot, but how, because you have a, you were there. You had a mission. You were there. Sure. And yeah, I, I think. How does that make you feel? Well, from my own experience, uh, I, I did not uh, go outside the wire. Which means, I mean, I was not out in the streets hunting down bad guys and, and that kind of thing. <clears throat> right. That being said, uh, I was still there in Kandahar on the airfield um, getting mortared a whole bunch of times. And uh, that was, you know, made for a very interesting experience. Um, I definitely don't think that this war should last forever and just be, oh, yeah, you know, my great grandkids are still going to Afghanistan. Because that's a new place to go and keep the peace. I agree with the mission of you know training their people up and kind of handing the baton over and letting them do what they need to do. However, I think the way that it was done was it was done in haste. It was just done very rapidly, quickly. Again, the perception being that there's no rhyme or reason to this. We're just going in and leaving. And then, oh yeah, well, let's go back and take some more people out. You know, the people that, that want to leave, uh, as they would say, I think that uh, allowing the Taliban to regain so much so quickly at all kind of makes it feel like those that have died out there and given you know the ultimate sacrifice kind of did so in vain because it's like, oh, okay, yeah, they're fighting out there. They're liberating these people. They're helping them do X, Y, and Z, you know, whatever their job is. And now we just kind of said, okay, well, you can have it back. We're leaving. Yeah. And uh, Thanks I for the 20-year party. Say again? Said thanks for the twenty year party. Yeah. Yeah, and I I knew a guy when I was stationed uh out there that got forward deployed to Afghanistan and he was the uh an EOD technician. And I got to hang out with him and a couple of uh, of the other guys. I was friends with one of them from a previous assignment when we were in Korea together. 
so it was neat, you know, getting to meet up with them. We went to the little, uh, what do you call it? Like the little common area on base. Yeah. Um, we were all sitting, hanging out and whatnot. And then he got forward deployed and found out like a week later, we had a memorial service for him because he had got blown up and he had left a wife and like two or three children. You know, it was just very, very sad. It was like, I was just sitting with that guy two weeks ago and we were talking. Oh God, I bet that was an eye opener for you. Oh yeah, it definitely was. And, and to know that, you know, his situation and many like his and, and their families and loved ones are are going through a, a rough time right now because, again, it's, hey, here you go. You can have it back. Yeah. We're done. We, we don't want to be here anymore. Um, you know, this isn't a forever war. This isn't our fight to fight anymore. These people should handle it. And if they don't, oh, well, then what were we there for in the first place? Yeah. If that's the case, we could bring some of them over here and train them or send, you know, a a team over there to be trainers or or whatever the case. And to, to, on the humanitarian side, to help liberate these people and uh, get them being educated and teaching each other and, and all this stuff and for them to just be, oh, sorry, uh, hopefully you make it and, uh, you know, hopefully you don't die. Yeah. Just, uh, good luck. And I know they're not doing that with everyone, but more and more, that's what it sounds like is happening. Yeah. They're able to extract a few and, and, you know, put them in other countries for holding as they're getting vetted, like you had mentioned earlier and being screened and all this stuff to see if, if they can, uh, come over to the, uh, United States. But I was reading in that article that, the ones that don't pass that vetting process, they go, they go to some other country, but they can only stay in that country for one year. That's the agreement that the U.S. has made with them. Hey, we can't take these people in the United States. They don't pass our our screening process. Okay, they can go stay over there for a year, but then what? There's no plan after that. Well, so is it that country? Sorry, you got to go back to the Taliban. You know. Yeah, I was gonna say. I bet that country is uh, probably just gonna push them back to theirs and uh good luck getting off the airplane yeah yeah so although i don't have again you know direct combat experience over there in that country it it is a little disheartening to know that okay yeah i did my own time out there and it again seems like it's all for naught in the sense that we just here you go you can have it back yeah Okay, then then why did we have to lose over 3,000 service members in the past 20 years? Yeah. Why did we have to do any of this stuff? Why have families been torn apart because their spouses are having to deploy multiple times? Or they get deployed and they they, um, get killed in action? Yeah. Or, you know, just all these things kind of make you want to go to the the big government and hey this is all your fault if you need you need to be responsible for it yeah and you need to take ownership of uh this particular action oh yeah and yeah i've 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 had um so many people that i know that you know they're gone so frequently because of their jobs and whatnot and and they're talking to their leadership and hey you know i know you guys tasked me with this but this is my fourth or fifth one or whatever the case, and, you know, my spouse is getting 
kind of edgy and is, you know, threatening to leave or is this or that. And, and, you know, everybody's got their own personal problems and you know what you signed up for and all that jazz. I get it. But again, this, if this was all for naught, then, then why? I think everybody is owed a why. And when you have the, when you have the person sitting in that seat as the president of the United States and he gets asked a question and then goes, oh, I'm not going to answer questions on Afghanistan right now. That's your job. What the heck, man? Yeah. No, you're 100% right. Yeah. That's your job. And even though, and even though you didn't go to Afghanistan, I mean, you were still supporting operations in Afghanistan. Um, no, I supported Operation Iraqi Freedom. Okay, well, yeah, the whole OEF, OIF campaign. Yeah. Enduring yeah. freedom. You know, and it it was, so I was in uh, a different part of the Middle East. I was in a main hub. But the big part or the eye-opener for me was um, when Wounded Warrior came through and you saw the guys that would get off the aircraft and whatnot, and they were headed off to Germany for, you know, medical reasons and whatever. You know, just to see what was coming back is, I mean, that was a, is it, how old was I? 21, 22, you know, looking at people missing arms or in wheelchairs. and I mean, that's, that's like, holy crap. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I raised my right hand to go out and do that and would definitely 100% go out and do it again if I'm needed. 100% would. There's no doubt in my mind that I, you know, if my country calls or if they need me right now today, I would make sure that my family's taken care of. And I would make sure that uh, everything was in order, just in case anything happens to me. But 100% stepping on that plane, going out, fighting for my country again. Because that's just who I am. Yeah, they, they are owed an explanation. And I'm not, I'm not blaming the current administration, like, oh, hey, this is all your fault. No. You know, all 20 years is, is your mess that you should be responsible for. No, not, not at all. No. Every president since it has started, has obviously had a role in it. Yeah. But the way that we exited, we did so in such a manner that, again, oh, hey, they took over this. Okay. Oh, hey, they took over this province. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, hey, look, they've got 60% of the country. Oh, wow. Didn't expect that. Oh, hey, look, they've got 90% of the Oh, hey, now they're in charge. Oh, okay. Well, how may we leave, please? Yeah. Like that that's not how the United States of America operates. operates. Nope. <clears throat> sure does not. It should never be. And I think right now the world is looking at us as a country and I mean I don't know if they're laughing, I don't know if they're making fun of us. I, I, I don't know for sure, right? But I definitely don't think we're held as in high regard as we once were. No, we're definitely slipping. I think the Beastie Boys said it best. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say it right after. Fight for your right to party. 
as always, we'd like to say thank you for stopping by and listening to the podcast. Yeah, we realized that uh, you could have been doing anything uh, way more productive, but you chose to waste your time with us. We look forward to talking about absolutely nothing with you next time. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, please email us at JT and Drew Show at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash JT Drew Show.